Okay, um, hi everybody again, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our latest uh, podcast. Um, for those of you who've been listening, we've had a number of um, people who've been talking to us about uh, their career so far in uh, women's cricket and uh, we're delighted to continue that theme this uh, today with uh, Marie Kelly. And Marie, welcome. Um, just to give a, an introduction to Marie to our listeners, so those of you who aren't from the Midlands and familiar with uh, either Warwickshire Women or um, Central Sparks, um, Marie's uh, come through the, the Warwickshire uh, Junior Pathway system um, over the, la- the last uh, number of years, progressed into the, the women's setup where she was captain of, uh, of Warwickshire Women for the last three years. She also played for Southern Vipers in the Kia Super League um, and she's a professional cricketer for Central Sparks. Um, she's also a coach for Complete Cricket, so she's got lots to offer and it'd be great to hear her story uh, today. So welcome Marie and thank you very much for joining us. Alright, thanks for having me on. Hi everyone. Uh, so first things first, um, as, I, as I kind of uh, warned you beforehand, it's kind of going back to the very beginning and just um, if you can you know, tell us how that all started for you, getting involved in cricket to begin with. Did you say you were playing? We playing doubles with your twin. Yeah. So you're playing yeah. doubles as a um, as sisters at, t- at at tennis club, um, and you met yeah. you met Trevor Penny uh, through through that club, yeah. Yeah. So we were playing in like a tournament, of like our club versus their club. I can't remember what club it was, um, but it, yeah, his daughter was playing at the time, and like both parents were kind of sat off, and Dad was like, "That's Trevor Penny," and Dad being Dad went and talked to him and. Those of you um, who are listening, because um, m- most most of our listeners, the thing they have in common is uh, their passion for cricket, but also for uh, for junior cricket. But um, yeah. you know, Trevor Penny is a former sort of Warwickshire uh, legend. Um, he was very well known, um, you know, for his dedication to um, his his batting, but also his fielding. Um, I think he's uh, he's become a fielding a specialist fielding coach in in the elite game at international level uh, in more recent years. So. Um, so that's a bit of uh, background to Trevor. But how how old are you then, uh, Marie? When when this first happened and you you sort of first got introduced to cricket? So we're about nine years old then, and then so sort of at the same time we had chance to shine come in in school. Um, so we were in sort of year four, year five, and we started doing some kind of quick cricket in PE. Um, and then it kind of, it all just kind of merged together. I think then there's the Ashes as well, which we were um, just gripped by in two thousand. Wellswood, we lived it and um, literally went every single week then from then on. 
what was it that you remember when you say you loved it from the beginning what was it that um you you know that sort of you remember most clearly because i think that for 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 many people um whether, whether it's you know boys or girls you know starting off uh, a sport for the first time maybe you don't really know anybody and you know there's there's a lot a lot of things kind of going on in a, a young person's mind at the time so what was it that um that made it sort of so easy for you to not you know not look back um, I think playing tennis, I think, especially as a girl, there was, there was quite a lot of competition at that age, and I kind of knew very quickly that I wasn't going to be that good at tennis. Like, I was good, I was okay. Um, but I think going to cricket, it suddenly being one of the better girls, or we were the only girls at the club, but we were pretty good for our age, I think that was kind of quite a good motivational factor in that we went straight away to county trials, um, straight away got into county because there weren't many girls that actually tried at that that time anyway so it was just sudden there was a lot more um, progression and a lot more achievement instantly um which i wouldn't say is always the best thing but i think back then as a kid there was that kind of instant sense of achievement so i think that was one thing and then i guess because again tennis is quite um well obviously i played with my twin sister but it wasn't that social we obviously had a few social things going on at the tennis club but then when we went to cricket there was sort of 50 or 60 juniors all in one night. I remember there was a sweet shop afterwards. It was just a really good atmosphere at the club. Like those kind of things that as a nine-year-old kid, you absolutely love. So um, I reckon a, yeah, a combination of that instant success and making friends really quickly, I think, at the club really helped. It's interesting. I think that um, it's, first of all, to hear somebody reflect back, even as a nine-year-old, um, you know, being quite competitive um, and uh, and wanting to challenge themselves and get the opportunity to progress being one of the factors but uh, I think yeah. also equally interesting is, is that social thing and I'm sure that um, you know most of us listening uh, or most people nowadays who, um, particularly for this season who've had the uh, the experience of um, having sport taken away from them because of the pandemic um, will and if they've got kids will understand the importance of that social side um, and that you know friendship um, side to you know most sports but cricket is one of those sports I think that um, you know certainly attracts a, a kind of a um, a friendly social scene uh, across the different age groups across parents across families um, so yeah. it's 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 good to hear that that was one of the reasons that kind of kept you in the game because as you know being involved with Chance to Shine we kind of you know that battle of the playground is very much a battle that you know cricket sometimes gets kind of uh, shoved up, shoved to one side, um, compared to rugby yeah. and football. So, so good on, good on the club that you, uh, that you went to for the first time for having that welcoming, um, hospitality and, um, you know, accommodating you, um, particularly if you were the only girls, um, yeah. and giving you that opportunity. So to talk, yeah. talk us through, talk us through the then the the sort of the, the developmental stages of um, going through the pathway as a as a junior cricketer then for for Warwickshire. Instant recognition. 
vision and having sort of set things to work towards straight away and you can see your improvement a lot better I think that that worked really well so literally from 11 we played every single game you could you played up a year quite a bit as well um, played up a couple of years quite often as well we had sort of northern festivals which was a highlight of of our kind of childhood growing up going going away having that social element where you get to go away for two or three days with the girls from the cricket team and represent your county they're all kind of really, really good memories from, from growing up playing cricket and what um what format was it how long a game was it compared to club cricket um i think we did so club cricket was always pairs at that age group mm. and then i think it was 35 overs that was generally um yeah, I remember a lot of cricket was sort of 35 overs for, for girls' county. So how how did you make that um, step change from, you know, pairs cricket only batting for four overs in a 20-over game to uh, to then, you know, being on the pitch a lot longer, whether you batted or bowled? Yeah, I really liked it. Again, it was kind of more... Because I was always quite involved in the game. I was kind of opening the batting or opening the bowling or I captained quite a lot from your age as well. I liked just being able to do it more. I didn't like in pairs cricket that I only had four overs. I always hated when I, when the fourth over was done or I hated when my partner was hogging all the strike. Like I was always that competitive and wanted it wanted it all. So the more cricket I could play, the better. It, yeah, the quicker it went to so 45 overs or 50 overs, the, the happier I was, I think. That's very honest of you. I, th- I think uh, I, I personally had this debate on... Uh, on, on one of social media channels uh, recently, I think I think for uh, be interesting to hear your comment on this. I think that for uh, for kids who show some ability um, at club level, say let's say at eleven year old, um, and you know they might they might get an opportunity then to go and play for district or potentially uh, go on to play for county. Um, I think that it's for for many for many um, kids, even if they've only just had a year or so in club cricket, it's a huge jump. And it's a very different environment to uh, suddenly be thrown into and expected to perform. It's it's much more competitive, but you know, competitive. I don't mean uh, that in a in in just a good way. Um, and so yeah. I I think that um, th- there's there's some kind of work that still needs to be done to to give players not necessarily uh, they're not necessarily going to make a career in the game, but to give them an opportunity to um, to really sort of rise above that standard of club cricket into a representative area, but uh, arena, sorry, uh, but give yeah. them some practice because there's no there's no practice in club uh, cricket at that age. You're just playing pairs. What would you yeah. What would you say? So we've uh, constantly a debate, isn't it, between whether you should keep playing pairs cricket or whether you should straight away go into sort of competitive. When you're out, you're out, and I think it is a balance. We've done. Well, this year, if it wasn't for COVID, um, for our girls' club league, we were trialling a split format league. So the first first half of the games were all going to be pairs for the under 15 girls. This is first half would all be pairs, and then the second half of the, the season was all going to be when you're out, you're out. So it kind of encourages the best best of both there, where kind of first half it's that develop encouraging the development yeah. and maybe getting some girls that aren't in county get them involved, get them playing. And then the second half was more of a focus on kind of the the harder side of the game, like yeah. learning to that kind of thing. Um, I think growing up for me, one thing that I loved to do was having sort of pairs cricket on a Tuesday night or something like that, and then I play women's cricket on a Sunday. Um, or if there wasn't any women's cricket, play men's cricket on a Sunday, sort of lower lower league or lower standard of men's cricket, and that just kind of helped, especially with Sunday cricket, where it's typically pretty friendly, but it's still competitive, still the competitive rules, um, but within a fairly kind of flexible 
Yeah, I think you make a very good point. I think uh, senior cricket, um, whether it's Sunday or you've got a third team or a fourth team, um, plays a, a massive role in, in helping uh, younger ones um, yeah. you know, see, see if they've got a real taste for it or not. Um, because it, it is it is a different game. It's a longer format. Um, it, it tests you not just um, technically, but uh, psychologically and, and probably um, also helps you develop your tactical awareness um, as, a, as a young cricketer a lot, a lot more than a... Um, you know, playing pairs cricket at uh, under 11s like you say what what about the word pressure so um, when you were playing as a I don't know a, t- a teenage uh, teenage girl for the, for your county what what kind of pressure was yeah. were, were, you, were you put under um, by uh, by you know county coaches to perform whether it was with bat or ball your choice of uh, words there is is quite interesting as well because if I can pick up on that kind of comparison between performance environment and development environment that, that you know anybody who's um, had some experience in the junior pathway system uh, up and down the country will know that um, you know it's, it's almost expected that when you get into a county setup um, you know even if you're in under 10s you're now in, a, in this performance environment and yet um, you know, my my understanding of the ECB guidelines um, in terms of the holistic view of junior cricket, whether you're a boy or a girl, is that you know that performance environment doesn't really kick in until you um, post thirteen. Uh, in fact, it might be um, yeah. might might be slightly different for girls, but I think it's a r- roughly about that same age group. Um, yeah. And and I think I think there's got to be a you know it's good to hear really good to hear and uh, that Warwickshire um, you know created that that appropriate environment for you. Um, yeah. But I think there's there's got to be a real um, focus and consistency across the counties to ensure that young yeah. players don't get put under too much pressure too soon. Um, you know, even the word pressure is in is still used, isn't it, in relation to um, whether it be the women's international um, cricket team or whether it be the men's uh, England cricket team, yeah. um, and how they deal with it. And in fact, one of the you know one of the things I think that's most interesting at the moment watching the IPL is is how. Uh, as it's getting to the back end and the business end of the tournament, how the players uh, deal with pressure in the in those most important moments, um, but but that but they're adults, you know that you know they're not eleven year old, twelve year old kids, um, so it's it's great to hear that that was that was done in a really good way at Warwickshire. Yeah, I think you have to be kind of taught to, or you need to learn how to perform. I don't think it should ever be expected. I I don't really like it when certain coaches kind of. Um, Great kids for not performing, but I think it's you've 
you've got to show them how that's our job as coaches you just it's not just about identifying the problem it's about showing someone how to how to achieve something um, and then once they've done that they can then do that again and then if they then don't act on what you've said that's when you can then berate them for not taking it in or for not acting on it um, but yeah so you need to actually teach people how to perform uh, under, under pressure as well so. yeah I, I agree I, I think um, as I've mentioned to you sort of offline you know design these uh, coaching cards which are essentially um, questions so rather rather than giving um, instructions or uh, or being too uh, directive in, in, in our style as coaches to, to always provide solutions um, you know it, it's more flipping that model on its head and asking players young players in particular so how would you do that differently? How would you play that shot next time? How would you bowl that ball differently? You know, how would you approach that situation um, if given the opportunity again? Um, and so, so very open questions, giving the players an opportunity to really reflect on their game and really reflect on their decision making uh, and not feel uncomfortable about, you know, saying, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. and, th- and then you've got some opportunity to engage them in some ideas and pro- provide them with some hints. Um, and, you know, the the it's not just technical either i think um there's there's a real there's almost a an overbearing predominance on technical coaching these days whereas i think the tactical side of the game if if that's introduced earlier um it'd be interesting to hear what you think uh, bearing in mind now you coach as well but um you yeah, that tactical awareness um of you know, 11 12 13 year old uh, in those formative years is still very very low so playing against senior cricket uh, could help with that but um, so, what what are your thoughts on the tactics, t- tactical awareness and game awareness for for young players? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think whenever I like, think back to my own sort of childhood and when I was training, I don't think I ever kind of really related what I was doing to a game situation. That's probably something that I, if I had my time again, would want would want to do. And it's something that I am constantly saying to the kids that I coach is that we're not just doing 20 pull shots for the sake of doing 20 pull shots. Like, where would you play this in a game? Mm. Like, do you prefer hitting it in front of square? Do you prefer hitting it behind square? Like, they've got a fielder in front of square now. Mm. Where do you need to hit it? Are you going to hit it in the air? Are you going to hit it on the ground? There's so many things that you can think of instead of just going through the motions yeah. and then get to a game and you don't even think about what you're doing. So I get my girls on the Girls Academy. Every session we have sort of 10-minute debrief. Um, and they've, got, they've all got their complete cricket notebooks and they write down a couple of things from each session, whether that's technical, tactical, physical, whatever, but just something that makes them think about what they've done. And then at the start of each session, the next week, they get the notebooks out and they read what they did the previous week. And it just kind of makes sure that we're not just going through the motions of doing 100 cover drives for the sake of it, um, but they're actually kind of trying to relate that back into a game situation. And how do you? I think that sounds a, a a wonderful idea. How how does that um, content or information that the girls um, capture in their in their debrief settings um, or in their diaries or logbooks, whatever you call the workbooks, how how do you then go about finding out what what they've written uh, from a coach's point of view? We we just get them to read it out just before they go. So one to one or in front of the rest of the team. Yeah, no, just privately one to one. Some of them I, I see throughout the week as well for like one-to-one sessions or something. Um, okay. Others I trust, but I don't need to see what they've written. Some want to share it, some want to tell me straight away. Um, some come to me, I have to kind of prod a few more to, to get them to write things down. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just creating a conversation really and getting them more comfortable in talking about what they're, what they're working. 
I, I, two of them got on their notebook, they'll chat to each other instead and tell each other what they're working on. Um, I think it's just a good good way of, yeah, they're not just coming in, hitting some balls and going home and not thinking about it. No, I, I think that's, I mean, it's not good practice, you know, good practice as in a good way of doing it. I think it's a really great way of doing things because, um, you know, on a separate note, in, in, you know, in the learning and development world, um, it sounds very, very overly simplistic, but the actual physical, um, physical experience of writing something down when you're learning about stuff and building your own awareness of what that learning is, in this case, cricket, um, actually helps um, process and embed the knowledge more than not writing it down <laughs> um, yeah. so it's, I think it's a great idea well done sir to complete cricket fair for doing that yeah the one thing I said to them as well is that don't just write down things to improve on if you've done something really well yeah. write that down for that because then when you're struggling in summer or keep, say you keep getting out you can go back to your notebook and, and look at when you did something really well or what you needed to work on and then you can kind of become a coach yourself it's kind of what we were saying previously about kind of being um, your own coach and being self-efficient and and those kind of things. So they're not always just relying on somebody else to tell them something, whether that's their coach or parent or whoever. Yeah, which actually made me think of another question. Uh, sorry to kind of jump around a little bit, but um, it's fascinating um, where we kind of got to in the discussion already. So from a from your experience, either with complete cricket or um, or involved in the professional game now as you are as a player. Um, uh, how much opportunity is there to do that analysis via video, for example, um, of, let's say, as a batsman watching their innings that they've played, you know, that they've got a 50 and off 30 balls in a 20 over game, they've, they've had a really good experience, yeah. or the opposite, where, you know, their strike rate is um, behind, you know, where behind par and they, they end up nicking off, getting, I don't know, 10 off 25 balls. Um, how much how beneficial has that been for you as a player if you've had the opportunity to do that and how much of an opportunity is there within the junior pathway for that to happen as well that's a really good question that's something that obviously as technology has improved that has really really helped me with my own development i actually changed my whole grip and stance in lockdown hmm. because of a video of myself that i'd seen in a game the previous year, I think it was for the Southern Vipers, I saw my technique and didn't realise how tall I was in the stance. Mm-hmm. Didn't realise how kind of bottom-handed I was. Obviously, mm-hmm. I knew I was, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent time then kind of proving my technique and, and checking it. I think when we were younger, we were always told, like, look at yourself in the mirror and check your technique because there, wasn't, there just wasn't video analysis, really, um, back then. I'm only 25, but... <laughs> I know, you sound as though you're talking about so, the 1800s. <laughs> Spend half 
kick to them so their parents can see it, they can see it, and if they want, they don't have to obviously, but if they want, they can watch back their technique and they can see what they look like. Um, and they can start to see the points that I'm making, whether I make sense and whether they agree with it, um, and what they want to work on from that. I think I think that's uh, that's a brilliant tip. Um, I, I certainly wasn't aware that TMAP had that uh, that video functionality or that gallery function. So, I think I think for me it's a that's a brilliant learning personally. But for parents, um, I think also and and other coaches, I I do massively believe in the um, that visual uh, way of um, enhancing the learning environment for players. And I think the team app sounds like a brilliant idea because it does give it puts the onus back on the the player to to take ownership yeah. of um, and take an interest in, uh, in in what they could do differently or how they could improve. So uh, obviously, um, you've got to download and get all the permissions and all that stuff. But uh, it sounds like a, a brilliant idea. So thanks for sharing that. I couldn't I couldn't agree more I think um whether it, it you know people are sort of divided about the value of co- coaching in one-to-one situations but I think where you've got um uh, you know just a, a an iPhone on a tripod or um something as simple as that um to be able to show the player particularly the player not the parent but the player um yeah. their, their action in slow motion it, there's there is nothing better uh, and you can literally stop it can't you and sort of you know you can get them to kind of point things out from top of the head to tip of the yeah. toes and, and everywhere in between um and well, i think what what we're going to feel like or what we feel our bodies are doing compared to what actually happens yeah is so different like the amount of girls or boys that are coached go oh i didn't realize my arm was down there I didn't yeah realize I didn't my left arm and it just makes you kind of feel and see the difference which has a massive massive impact doesn't it yeah completely yeah so just um tell us about how you move from junior county into um you know women's cricket um, and what the differences were and you know highlights of of, of career so far um so I, my f- I first made my debut for the women when i was 15 because i had a really good season with um Warwick under 15s and i got the call up because becky grundy used to play for england mm-hmm. she was a scene bowler back then actually mm. she's not she's now a left arm spinner but she was she was the opening scene bowler for Warwickshire, but she was constantly injured and so that was my route into the first team, is that I would go, she would bowl her uh, six overs opening spell. She'd go off hard field for about 40 overs, and then she'd come back on and, and finish the That was allowed? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, used, I carried drinks. I went on and fielded. Um, and then I think, yeah, just being around the team for kind of the first year showed my commitment. I ran drinks well. Um, uh, it sounds stupid, but just being a, a positive drinks runner is, is so good, so key at that next level. Um, fielded well, I came on and made an impact in the field and things like that, and then got a chance with bat and ball and, and fitting quite nicely. So it just went on from there, really. And um, t- talk us through the the transition that the, the the women's game's gone through in the last couple of years in terms of 
you know professional contracts um versus county cricket yeah. which which was not um you know you weren't professionals as such were you yeah no, it's it has honestly changed so, so much i didn't think this would happen for the better yeah oh massively yeah so we used to play um so we we, we used to play red ball cricket mm-hmm. now it's obviously white ball we have coloured kit um we used to have to pay for all of our kit we used to have to pay for training pay for hotels when we go away pay for everything it would cost you to play county cricket um which was understandable back then. No one ever complained about it. You just did it. Um, but then, as we've gone further, further, or closer and closer to where we are now, um, we started getting given kit. We started getting um, mileage. Started getting hotels for free, uh, which was always a massive like, oh, we get to stay in a hotel for free. We don't have to pay for this anymore. Um, and then, yeah, to where it is now, to be paid to play cricket. Um, yeah, I don't think it's really sunk in yet. Um, <laughs> even though done it for a season um it's just yeah i didn't think it would happen for me i thought maybe for the 14 and 15 year old girls coming through now i was really excited for them growing up um i thought i would miss out on these kind of contracts now um, so i'm very very happy that it's happened in sort of my lifetime as well I think you're being very modest, uh, but it's uh, it's 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 very uh, it's it's very encouraging and positive to hear, isn't it, that things have moved so quickly in such a short period of time, and you know you've benefited. I'm I'm sure not just through your modesty, but also through your talent and application um, to the game. So, um, you know, let's let's hope that this continues uh, in spite of the current situation. Let's hope that continues to see the development of the game for for women and uh, and and girls coming forward. Um, <laughs> Credit to the ECB there, I thought, with COVID, I thought, I thought women's cricket would kind of be put on the back burner and we'd mm. have to kind of look at the, the men's game in particular. Um, I really didn't think that these contracts would go ahead now, given the situation that we're in, but Tom Harrison has put a, a massive commitment out there to grow the women's game mm. um, and, he, and he's put through on that commitment. So everyone is so grateful for even the, the short season that we had. We're so grateful that we got to play it and, and we're grateful to have this winter ahead now. Um, as professional players. So what does the winter hold for you then? So we're starting next week actually, so we've just had sort of a month and a half off now, um, keeping fitness ticking over, things like that, um, getting a lot of time on feet and then we will be training again COVID dependent, um, hopefully three times a week plus uh, a fielding session, a two hour fielding session a week um, and then our own sort of gym sessions um, around that normally without covid i think we'd have team gym sessions but mm-hmm. um, given circumstances we'll probably all have to uh, do that separately away from the team so actually quite a busy schedule then yeah it will be it will be it'll be good we'll, well again it depends on covid i think it keeps changing every week what we can do um, but hopefully hopefully three times a week um, and how far do you have to travel to and from where the the uh, the venue is for for training and gym and stuff yeah so because it's team or regional based team we should be we should be having what the plan is to have one sort of in Warwickshire one in Worcestershire and one in sort of Shropshire um, mm-hmm. but COVID dependent depending on whether schools and venues can let us in um, I think the venues now have to pass certain COVID tests in terms of like um, the space that they've got the ventilation the, the car parking situation there's all these things to kind of consider so um, yeah I think it'll be so some distances I'll only have to travel sort of half an hour, twenty minutes. Some I might have to travel an hour and a half, but we will get our mileage covered as well, so it um, it all works out for 
works in the end. Happy days, happy days. So just to just to wrap up, if you were to kind of um, if you were to package all of your experience that you've gathered uh, since first starting as a as a nine year old in uh, in club cricket. Uh, through to the present day where you're now you know a professional um in the women's game um for for those people listening who perhaps who are either um you know young young female cricketers themselves or their parents with uh, daughters who are you know looking to kind of start out in the game or they're already involved in a pathway uh, themselves uh, what 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 piece of advice would you give them in terms of you know looking at um you know a career ahead of them in the game itself That is a brilliant bit of advice, and um, I think um, everyone who is listening uh, should take heed of it, both uh, the players themselves, but also the parents, uh, because you know our jobs as parents really is to you know just provide the support, not to be their coaches and their critiques, um, you know just to provide them with the the right environment for them to enjoy and to to develop and learn. And I think I think that um, principle of leaving a session in a better place is is a you know a great a great um, sort of mantra for for anybody in life, not just in sport. So, um, thank you very much for that. Uh, those wor- those um, very wise words. So. Um, well, <laughs> no, it's late credit to uh, late credit. Uh, <laughs> well, Marie, thank you ever so much um, for for giving up your time and um, you know really getting an insight and in, and in, into uh, your your cricketing journey so far. And uh, I'm sure there'll be many successful seasons ahead um, of you both from a playing point of view and also from a coaching point of view. So you know we wish you all the very best with that. And um, you know, as I say, really grateful for the for the time you've given us today. Uh, thanks for having me. That's a pleasure.